What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay $4.85 a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Intel. Now, I know that it's been, oh, God, what is this? This is uh, July the 23rd, and I want to say it was like the end of May was the last episode I did, so I'm not really holding true to the daily intel. Uh, if, I don't, if I don't get on the ball, I guess maybe I should change the name to uh, you know, the quarterly intel, the semi-annual intel, the whenever the hell I get around to it intel. Uh, but no, there, there is a reason for it. Things have uh, been, I won't say chaotic, but my other business ventures, particularly my construction business, uh, has been been relatively busy, so I've had to prioritize. You know, got to kind of strike when the iron's hot, so to speak. Make that make that money, boy. So anyway, we are back. We are back today, uh, July twenty third. Now, this episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm probably not going to be. I'm probably going to be a little bit more on a serious note, but. Reason being, I'm. It's going to be a little bit longer, but I'm also going to be. This should be the first episode that the audio gets sent to become a my very first podcast. So uh, hopefully, hopefully this will all be podcastable, podcasted, pod. Wow, words. Anyway, but. In doing research, the, the episode that I wanted to do was going to be about how Joe Biden is not actually running the country. Anybody that thinks that Joe is running the country has probably been smoking a little bit too much wacky-backy, if you know what I'm saying. The people that are running the country are the people behind the scenes, the, the Brian Deeses, the Gene Sperlings, the uh, Susan Rices of the world. Those are the people that are actually running the country. The people that are out front, the Joe Bidens, the Kamala Harrises, they are the more or less the spokesperson, spokespeople. Uh, but but what, what got me to doing the episode that I'm doing now is in the course of doing the research for the Joe's Not in Charge episode, I, I looked up, it was where Brian Deese, Made the statement about they have to maintain the liberal world order, and I know, uh, and I know that you know that was the intro. But also, I decided, okay, well, let me look into this. You know, let me look up the liberal world order. So the very first thing, the very first thing I did was to uh, not Google, but look up look up on YouTube. That's where I kind of as my kind of go to for at least video research that I can you know find clips and whatnot. Anyway, so I go to YouTube. And all I do is type in liberal world order. And what I get is this. Independent fact check. Liberal world order is decades-old term misinterpreted by social media posts. Claim the Biden administration is making Americans pay high gas prices to push the new liberal world order. Rating misleading. Now, that's all great and wonderful. You know, somebody wants to fact check what somebody else says. 
we will, uh, you know, I'm not going to say it's a freedom of speech issue because YouTube is a private business. They can, you know, tell people to shut the hell up if they want to. But what gets me is why is it that this is the first time this has ever happened to me, to me personally. I'm sure there are people out there that have gotten a little independent fact check slap upside the head from YouTube in the past, but, you know, this is the first time it's happened to me. And I found it rather odd that the only time, the first and only time that this has happened to me is on something that makes the Democratic administration, makes the Biden administration, the Democrats, look bad. This is it's, this the same type thing that we get in, you know, from so many other sources where if it's, if it's a Republican that does it, oh, my God, it's horrible, or a conservative. It's, oh, my God, you're a, you're a racist, you're homophobic, you're transphobic, you're xenophobic, you're, you know, whatever phobic. If you, but if, if a Democrat does the same exact thing, then at worst, at worst, nothing is said. But usually they're praised for it. You know, if they say something, if a conservative says thing A and it goes against the Democratic, the, the Democrat, the liberal narrative, then all of a sudden everybody's, you know, blasting this conservative and, you know, you're a racist, you're a this, you're a that, the other. But then if a Democrat says the same thing. They're generally, you know, praised and told, you know, how enlightened they are and how, how we're so lucky to have you in the position that we have you in and blah, 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 blah. And that's all, it's just all a bunch of bullshit is what it is. Uh, but, oh, shit, damn it. Discretion is apparently not my strong suit. But... So anyway, so so back to this, you know, so so I started looking up some things that I know were lies, some things that I know that the media lied about, that various people in, in government lied about. So I started looking those up to see if, in fact, I got the little fact check slap upside the head. And I didn't. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, you know, Hunter's laptop, Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff. Every time Adam Schiff opens his damn mouth, it's fifty-seven lies fall out. I mean, if if the dude told me that it was daytime outside right now, I'd have to look out a window to make sure. But you know, so I just did a couple. You know, Hunter Biden laptop, uh, Trump Russia collusion. Uh, what was another? Oh, the Brett Kavanaugh sexual assault. All these. All these lies that were told by the Democrats about conservatives, about Republicans, about anybody that's not, you know, down with their narrative. And it's crickets, nothing. There is no fact check. There is no, you know, ooh, shh, shh. You can't talk about that. It's, it's all just, it's not just not fact checked, it's sold as fact. Even when we have proof that it's a lie. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. So anyway, so that's what started me looking into this, into this whole thing, you know, the liberal world order. And 
and I thought to myself, I was like, okay, if it's a decades old term, I was I was gonna fact check the fact checkers. I was gonna, you know, so okay, this is not a a you know decades old term. I mean, there's been variations of you know one world order, one world government, new world or you know whatever. But you know the liberal world, you know. So I did some fact checking. I found out I was wrong. It is a decades old term. But guess what? It means the exact thing that Brian Deese meant when he said it. Uh, it means the exact same, uh, the exact thing that conservatives misinterpreted it to be. No, we didn't misinterpret it. They're trying after the fact to they're actually they're they're just gaslighting the shit out of us, saying, "Oh no, it doesn't mean that." When in fact it freaking means that. So anyway, so what did I find? So so I do a little research about the uh, the liberal world order, and it's it's got a couple of different names: the international, the new international world order, the new liberal world, new li there's it's, huh. but anyway, so check this out. This is this is where it's where it started. This is the formation of the new liberal international world order thing. Following World War II, the United States, along with several other countries, started drafting an aspirational blueprint for what later became known as the liberal world order by establishing certain international institutions. The United Nations was built to promote peace between countries. The World Bank would support global economic development and the International Monetary Fund and the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade, which later became the World Trade Organization, would support investment and trade between countries. While these institutions provided the blueprint for the liberal world order, the system was really powered by the United States. Now, this this is a video, you know, talking about the formation of it. This is a video that was that that was made, I don't know, two or three years ago, four years ago, something like that. I mean, this is not this is not a video, you know. So using the term "liberal world order," this is in this video, this is not something that somebody made in the last couple of weeks since Brian Deese made the comment about liberal world order. But what is in this liberal world order? that we see before us. We have uh, the United Nations. We have the International Monetary Fund. We have the uh, World Trade Organization. I mean, you've got all these, all these globalist, all these collectivist organizations coming together, and it apparently is being run by, you know, what Following World War II, the United States, along with United several States. other countries, started drafting an aspirational blueprint for what later became known as the Liberal World Order by establishing certain international institutions. The United Nations was built to promote peace between countries. The World Bank would support global economic development and the International Monetary Fund and the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade, which later became the World Trade Organization, would support investment and trade between countries. While these institutions provided the blueprint for the liberal world order, the system was really powered by the United States. Powered by who? 
Powered by who? By the United States. Okay, that's all great and wonderful. All right, this this happened right after World War II. This this came about after uh, I think it was in 1945. So so all these globalists, all these all these uh, you know collectivists have been trying to accomplish this for the better part of what 70 something years? What 45, 55, 75, 77 years? Coming up on 80 years. Uh, But how how is it gonna how is it gonna happen? How is it gonna be? How is it going to work that the that the United States is going to be in charge of this whole thing? You know, we, I mean, we know we're footing the bill for the majority of it. You know, we've got the UN is here. Uh, we pay for a lot of the the events that happen and the you know all the expenses that go along with it. Uh, you know, the United Nations is not exactly Let's just say it hadn't quite grown up and moved out on its own yet. Uh, it's still sponging off mom and dad. But Oftentimes, the U.S. would offer financial aid to other countries on the condition that they make such liberal reforms. Oftentimes, the U.S. would offer financial aid to other countries on the condition that they make such liberal reforms. Okay, so so we are giving financial aid to other countries so that they will make liberal reforms. All right, see, here, here's where I have a problem, one problem with this whole globalist, collectivist, uh, you know, agenda. First of all, you know, we're giving financial aid in return for liberal reforms in X country. All right, if we're going to give financial aid to somebody, it should be because they are, number one, our friend. Number two, they need help. I mean, if, if, if it's, say, England, they are an ally. If they decide they want to... Uh, you know, implement some laws that we don't agree with, but there's people starving, then we should still help them. We, you know, it shouldn't be a matter of us paying them to institute reforms that we agree with. What's good, what I'm saying, what's good for the U.S. is not good for England. What's good for England is not good for Germany. What's good for Germany is not good for Italy. What's good for Italy is not good for, you know, freaking Iceland. I mean that's why you had that's why you had the whole Brexit thing, because the people in the United Kingdom were sick and damn tired of being told what to do by people in Brussels, by people that you know that don't even that, that aren't even there. It's you know they're trying to make all of Europe one big country, and it did it doesn't work. Like I said, what's good for Germany is not necessarily good for Italy. What's good for Italy is not necessarily good for you know somebody else in the in the EU. And, you know, it doesn't work. Everybody's using one currency. Everybody, you know, that's, it's, you're, you're, you're taking away from what makes each country special. Every country has its own culture. It has its own food. It has its own music. It has its own 
uh, natural resources. It has its own political system. But when you try to try to get everybody to be the same, you know, that doesn't work. You know, that's the beauty of the world is that people are different. You know, some people are assholes. Some people aren't. But guess what? They're different. So, so, what is, so what's going on with, you know, how, so how are they achieving this? How are they trying to achieve it? Well, it used to be, and people like me were called conspiracy theorists because we were, you know, worried about, you know, this one world government, this new world order, this liberal world order, this blah, 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 blah. But now they have come so far that they, they don't even have to hide it anymore. You know, they've got enough support, especially with the, you know, as much as I hate to say it, the uninformed, the, you know, the people that, 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 are, that have been indoctrinated since grade school to buy into this bullshit instead of thinking for themselves. Uh, now they pretty much don't even have to hide it. And they're pretty much not hiding it. Uh, hence, we got... The future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. We have the means to improve the states of the world. Klaus Schwab, uh, head of the World Economic Forum, he's sitting there talking about how, you know, how they're, they're going to the people in this room the uber-rich, the uber-powerful, the people in that room have the power to change society. For what? To what end? What, so, so, it's, so that you have the power, so that you have the control? I mean, you want to tell everybody else what to do. You want to tell everybody else how to live their life. You know, and, and, and for people that want to say, oh, no, that's not what they're doing. They're trying to help you. you know, you're full of shit. You know good and damn well that's what they're what they're wanting to do. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us. The future is built by us. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us. The future is built by us. He's not talking about me. He's not talking about you. He's not talking about the steel worker in, in Pennsylvania. He's not talking about the, the, the coal miner in Virginia. He's not talking about the car salesman in Chicago. You've got no say-so in how the future is built. I've got no say-so. It's people like, you know, you know Herr Klaus, Herr Schwab, that's a... Uh, you know, going to dictate how you and I live. I think the last time I heard somebody with that accent uh, sitting there standing in front of a, an audience telling them how they were going to live, he had a little funky mustache. And he ended up trying to take over the world, and thank God he got run into his bunker and, you know, <laughs> well, we know how that one ends. By a powerful community as you here in this room. He even says it. He even says it. By a powerful community as you here in this room. See, without that, he could say, oh, when I said, uh, uh, you know, the future is built by us, I meant 
all of us in the world. And we're going to be one big, it's going to be teddy bears and, and group hugs and all of us. No, but he specifically says the people in this room. We have some means to improve the states of the world. We have the means to improve the state of the world. Last time I checked, the world was doing pretty good before, you know, a bunch of you sons of bitches got your hands on it. I mean, he's got his problems. Everybody's got their issues. Everybody's got their problems. Excuse me, there's, you know, there's crime. There's whatever. There's, you know, morons wanting to take over other countries and, and you moron trying to take over the entire world, you and your ilk. <laughs> so, oh, and for the benefit, Unbenefit of the people uh, listening to this on a podcast, uh, I don't know, maybe I can do charades or something for, hell, I don't know. But, you know, and of course, Klaus is not the only one, you know, and this was in, this was their uh, uh, meeting, their annual meeting that took place just a month or so ago, you know, in Davos, where it seems to always happen. Uh, but then, of course, everybody's, you know, Dr. Evil had to make his presence known. Fighting pandemics and climate change, avoiding nuclear war, maintaining global institutions have had to take a backseat to that struggle. That's why I say our civilization may not survive. So all the things he listed that are part of his agenda have had to take a back seat so our civilization may not survive. Because you don't get your way, our civilization might not survive. Really, dude? Really? Why am I not hearing this? But if you break any of my rules, you'll find that there is life after death. What was that? But if you break any of my rules, you'll find that there is life after death. That's from a from a mid nineties movie, but it's applicable to what uh, uh, George is saying, and you know the whole. Uh, but if you break any of my rules. You'll find that there is life after death. Yeah. So don't break any of my rules. Don't break any of Georgie's rules. Uh, so anyway, so so they are, so the World Economic Forum is jumping on the bandwagon, or, or has jumped on the, or leading the bandwagon, is leading the band. They're the band leader for this whole globalist movement but what's what is what is leading the charge on the globalist movement what is the what is the thing that everybody has rallied around that is going to uh that can that can really get all this done i mean you know they found out that with the pandemic oh yeah we can use we can use that to scare the shit out of people into doing whatever we want them to do, into staying home and not working, and we'll just give you money and take care of you and all that stuff, and then you become, you know, you know, beholden to us, 
because if not for us, then we, we wouldn't have made it through that pandemic. Well, guess what? If not for you, we wouldn't have, you know, been sitting our asses at home. Uh, but anyway, so it's the it's the climate change that they're, you know, this this whole uh, fiction about, you know, the earth's getting warmer. I think back in the 80s it was because it was getting colder. I think we were told back in the 80s that we were going to be in the middle of another ice age by the year 2000. Uh, so it was it was uh, a coming ice age. Then it was global warming. Now it's just climate change. Because guess what? Some days it's hotter. Some days it's colder. So you know that's how climate changes. Like you know, today is not quite as hot as it was yesterday. Uh, but anyway, so there. So between the pandemic, between the uh, you know, but but you know, the global warming, all this stuff. Then you know, they're finding every excuse in the world why you know we need to need to get off of fossil fuels that's their that's their key to to getting this getting this done is to break the backs of the to break the back of the world to to uh, you know find the one thing that the world cannot live without right now and destroy it you know, make sure that it does not, you know, make sure that, that we have no access to it, and that's fossil fuels. Um, you know, and that's what they talked about. That's what, you know, and, you know, everybody talks about, you know, going to green energy, you know, this green new deal that that AOC was pushing a couple of years ago that, that Biden's, you know, pushing now. You know, getting, a, you know, the world is not ready to come off of fossil fuels. The world is is nowhere near ready for everybody to buy, to have electric vehicles. I mean, first of all, no, you know, not everybody can afford them. I think the cheapest electric vehicle out there is like 70 grand. You know, not everybody can afford a $70,000 vehicle. I mean, there's people, out, you know, driving around in, you know, $10,000, $15,000 used cars because that's all they can afford. You know, how the hell are they going to go out and buy a $70,000 used car? I mean, a $70,000 electric car. And then I got a question. Where the hell are you going to fill them up? I, last time I checked, I don't see. I can drive from my house to the grocery store, and I'm going to see about four, five, six gas stations that I can fill my truck up at. I think I see, I think I'm from between me and the grocery store, there are exactly zero charging stations. That's number one. Number two, it takes me about three or four minutes to fill up my truck. Now, it costs about 800 damn dollars now, but it takes, you know, about three or four or five minutes to fill up my truck, you know, where it takes eight hours to fill up a car on a battery. All right. Also, uh, do the people that drive electric cars, do they when they plug in, is there a charge for it? Do you put money, you put your credit card in and, you know, get charged what two dollars an hour for a charge three dollars an hour or do you just charge for free you know how, how the you know you just pull up somewhere and plug in i mean hell i don't know somebody tell me i don't have an electric car i got a pickup truck because i own a construction business you know i can't and you know, i can't have an electric pickup truck because you know i may be driving 60 70 miles one way to a job site and you know, an electric truck hauling, you know, four or 5,000 pounds of material is not going to do it. You know, and then look at the trucks running up and down the road. What kind of electric truck is going to 
you know, move an 80,000-pound truck halfway across the country without having to stop and charge up for three damn days. Oh, I drove 200 miles. Got to stop and charge for three days. Don't worry, y'all can have y'all's toilet paper in, oh, about a week and a half. No, the world is not ready for this. You know, electric is electric vehicles, you know, it's not ready for prime time, so to speak. But they're pushing it. They're pushing it. They're going to destroy the fossil fuel industry in the course of doing it, and they don't give a damn. They don't care. All right, because if if it costs five, six dollars a gallon for me to put put gas in my truck, you know, that's that's quite a hit to my my checking account. All right. But for these people that are worth tens of billions of dollars, the hell do they care if gas is five dollars or fifty dollars a gallon? They don't care. What do they care if, you know, if a gallon of milk costs three dollars or three hundred dollars? They don't care. Or really it doesn't matter. If you can't get damn milk, I mean, you can't get baby milk, can't get baby formula. We got a shortage of that. Short, oops, shortage of of, you know, all kind of stuff. Short, you know, all kind of shortages of, of of the staples of life. But they don't care. And they even say they don't care. Got a woman on right here. She says, "I don't give a shit." We need to accept that there will be some pain in the process. Uh, the pace that we need will uh, will open up for missteps. Hmm. Uh, it will open up for uh, shortages of energy. It will create inflationary pressures, and maybe we need to start talking about that. That that pain is actually worth it. I mean, did you hear what this woman just said? I mean, let, let, let's let's break it down. We need to accept that there will be some pain in the process. Uh, the pace that we need will uh, will open up for missteps. Hmm. Okay, I get missteps, but when you know ahead of time that you're about to misstep, that's not a misstep, that's on purpose. All right, and for this woman to sit here and with this, with this shit-eating grin, Oh, well, you know, we're just going to have to accept it. Yeah, guess what? You know, however much money you're worth, you don't give a damn whether gas is 5 or $50 a damn gallon. You don't care about how the cost of food, whether or not you can even get it because y'all's rich ass is going to get food one way or another. You know, but to sit and preach that, you know, oh, we just have to accept it. No, we don't have to just accept this. We don't just have to accept that the uber-rich elite like, like this lady get to tell everybody else how we're going to live for this transition. Uh, it will open up for uh, shortages of energy. It will create inflationary pressures, and maybe we need to start talking about that. I mean, look how happy she is. Look how happy she is talking about energy shortages. Look how happy she is talking about inflationary pressures. I'm sorry, I don't see the humor. I don't get the joke. Maybe you can maybe you can explain it to me, lady. I'm all ears. I'm listening. Go ahead. But that pain is actually worth it. That pain is actually worth it. What? 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 The pain is actually worth it. No, the pain ain't worth it. 
the pain of not being able to feed your family, the pain of not being able to put gas in your vehicle to go to work, and then you get fired? Why? So you can get your way? So we can all drive around in freaking uh, electric cars that we can't afford? I got to calm myself down. These people piss me off. I just... Uh, so anyway, so in addition to this lady, we got this one, this dude, and everybody knows who he is. If it comes 10 years from now, we should have far, far better diagnostic technology. That is, be able to scale up every country within a month uh, to diagnose their entire population. We're a little distracted right now, so getting the debate going uh, is happening slowly. Bill, you're a computer programmer, essentially. You're, you write code. Right? I understand you got billions and billions of dollars, and you give it away to liberal world order causes. All right? You're not a doctor. You're not a diagnostician. I don't think that's a word. But anyway, and if it is, I mispronounced it. But guess what? I'm not a doctor either, so I can get away with being an idiot. Uh, you do not need to be deciding or be, you do not need to be, just because you've got several billions of dollars and these people want to kiss your ass does not mean you need to be on any board, council, group, foundation, anything that is deciding, debating, discussing diagnostic procedures for anybody, let alone an entire country. Stay in your damn lane, computer boy. Yeah, everybody's going to say, oh, well, Scott, why don't you stay in your lane and do construction? Am I advocating for, you know, people like me to take over the damn world? Holy hell no. I'm the last person that I want me to be taking over the world. Holy shit. You know, I, I got an idea. Their computer whiz kid. How about figure out a way to get a decent computer in the hands of every child in the, you know in every school? That'll be great. That'll be awesome. But no, you want to figure out how to diagnose people. You know how to diagnose an entire country. We can get testing done. We can get DNA sample. We can get. You know, Okay, all right there, Billy boy. Whatever. Creepy ass. So anyway, so there's, so, you know, but that's all, it's it's all part of, you know, the the whole liberal world order, this whole one world government, this whole one world currency, this whole one world everything. I'm telling you, what's good for Australia is not good for us is not good for Italy. What's good for us is not good for Australia. It's what in the holy living Jesus God Almighty is wrong with you people. Help me, Jesus.
help me out, Jesus. Good Lord. Uh, you know, and if they don't, and if you think that they don't want to take over everything, if you think that they don't want to, uh, you know, be in charge and know everything you do and everywhere you go, I don't, even, I don't even know who this asshat is, but you know, he's right here telling you. We're developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Hmm. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I mean, okay. First of all, he, he starts out saying, you know, what does he say? We're developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. For consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. Where they've been, what they've eaten, where you know, what you know, but guess what? I know where the hell I've been. I don't need every data point of my life put into a computer somewhere so that everybody else knows where I've been. I know whether or not I went to the grocery store and the gas station and went and grabbed a burger and I know whether I went, I went for a run or I went and you know, whatever, whatever the hell I did. I know what I did. I know what I consumed on the platform. I didn't realize I was on a platform. Well, I'm on the social media, the, you know, whatever. But, you know, I know what I consumed. I know what I watched on YouTube. I know what I, what I read on Facebook. I, I don't need to have everything stored somewhere so I can go back. Gee, what, I wonder what videos did I watch on YouTube on April the 17th, 2011. Let me go back and see. I'm just curious. At 4 o'clock in the afternoon on April the 17th, 2011, what videos did I watch? But, but he's talking about people tracking their own carbon footprint, their own. But what does he say later on? And words mean shit, people. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? Where are they traveling? How are they traveling? If it was so that I could keep track of myself, it would be where am I traveling? How am I traveling? When you are speaking in the third person, that is because that you are wanting that information. You are telling someone else that you are keeping a, an eye on them. They. And I mean they in the proper way. What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Hmm. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, people. It's a coming. Speaking of carbon footprints, here's here's the one I've been wanting to get to. And I know that I know I'm kind of jumping around here. I know that you know anybody's listening to this, you know. It's a work in progress, people. All right. I'm not Dave Rubin yet. I'm not, I'm not uh Joe Rogan yet. You know, I don't I, it's it's me and producer Gabe. And I'm telling you, producer Gabe, I thought producer Gabe was gonna beat my ass if I didn't get another episode up and running. I'm telling you. Producer Gabe. Whoo dog, God almighty, producer Gabe was not happy with me taking a month and a half, two months. 
two months, whatever it was, away from this thing. Anyway, uh, so yes, I know I'm jumping around, but, you know, hey, at least maybe I'm entertaining. So anyway, so speaking of carbon footprint, carbon footprint, this is the one, this is the one that I've been wanting to get to. This one right here. This, here's here's Lurch lecturing everybody on greenhouse gases. People forget greenhouse gases are pollution. And 15 million people a year die because of the quality of the air around the world. We're, 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 we're dealing with a crisis here, folks. It's a crisis made by human beings. How many, how many of those 15 million have you killed there, Lurch? I mean, you know, this dude, you know, he is the climate czar. He is the one that is in charge of, of, of you know, you know, backhanding everybody for, you know, driving their car, yet he has racked up more hours in his private jet flying all over the world to, I'm going to fly my private jet across the world so I can lecture people about their carbon emissions, the hell. Now, and God forbid, don't say anything to John Kerry about it. Because, you know, he's he's an elitist, remember? You know, he's too good for us little stinky little people that, you know, sit in coach on Southwest or American or even in first class. God forbid he has to take his private jet because that's the only thing that's good enough. Ah. Yeah, don't say anything to Lurch about, about that. Well, new data shows that Kerry's private jet has raked in frequent flyer miles in recent years, including a 2019 trip to Iceland. And here's the funny part. He went to Iceland to accept an award for climate leadership. When asked about the hypocrisy at the time, back in 2019, here's how Mr. Kerry responded. It's the only choice for somebody like me, the time it takes me to get somewhere. I can't sail across the ocean. I have to fly to meet with people and get things done. But what I'm doing almost full time is working to win the battle of climate change. I'm not going to be put on the defensive. Well, new day. I'm not going to be put on the defensive. For some, for someone like, for some more armor. I'm too good to fly with the stinky Walmart people on American Airlines. I have to fly my private jet. And, you know, he wraps it up with, I'm not going to be put on the defensive. That means, hey, don't tell me what to do. I'm John freaking Kerry. I can do what I want to. There, swift boat liar. Oh, <laughs> I can tell you right now, I got a friend. I got a buddy of mine. That was, uh, you know, let's just say, let's just say, John, I wouldn't be going to any swift boat reunions if I were you, because you are not very well liked in that community. I can tell you that for sure. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so so that's you know, I mean, I have you know, it's not just John Kerry; it's these celebrities that want to preach to us, that want to you know. That that want to stand on their on their pedestal in Hollywood 
in the cesspool, the armpit, the asshole of the world, and preach to us about, you know, how how much better they are than us, and you must li- you need to listen to us, little stinky people. Uh, yeah, yeah. If anybody ever saw the movie uh, Devil's Advocate, where uh, everybody that works at that law firm in in California are really a bunch of demons, and Charlize Theron's character can actually see them for what they are. Yeah, that's yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's that's about what I think of those celebrities out in anywhere liberal land. So anyway, so we've talked about the, uh, you know, the the liberal world order from, you know, you've got the UN, you've got the International Monetary Fund, you've got the World Bank, you've got the World Trade Organization, you've got all these, you know, all these entities that literally, I mean, just a few entities that, that are in charge of the things that are so, uh, that are that are so that are so key to every day life in every country that you know they've they've found a way to to lock you know we're going to lock down this we're going to lock down that we're going to lock you know we're going to we're we're going to be in charge of money we're going to be in charge of trade we're going to be in charge of health we're going to be in charge you know so you've got this this cabal of organizations all with one one goal in mind and that is to bring everybody under their control, everybody bring everybody into their their domain, uh, and then you've got the useful idiots like the ones in Hollywood, the uh, you know our dumbass politicians, uh, the Pelosi's, the Schumer's, the Schiff's, the Nadler's, the AOC's, the Ilhan Omar's, the Rashida Tlaib's. You've got all these dumbasses uh, that are. That are that are helping them, that are paving the way. Uh, so so you know, you know they've they've jumped on the 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 climate thing that goes back to God knows you know goes back to God knows when. Uh, but you know that's where they exert a lot of control, where they bring in a lot of money and exert a lot a lot of control, and and it's all. It is all smoke and mirrors because whether people realize it or not, the even the people inside the uh, inside the climate world know that it's all a bunch of BS. I mean, you know, and and anybody can Google this stuff. I mean, these are just I'm, I'm about to put up some quotes. From some people that are uh, huge in the, or 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 well, in some cases they were huge before they passed away, but they that you know they were huge in the climate change world. So you know, I mean, and like I said, I mean these things are so easy to Google. I mean, they're so easy to find. You know, Stephen Schneider, uh, scientist. <clears throat> On the one hand, as scientists, we are ethically bound to the scientific method. On the other hand, we are not just scientists, but human beings as well. And like most people, we'd like to see the world a better place, which in this context translates into uh, translates into our working to reduce the risk of potentially disastrous climatic change. To do that, we need to get some broad-based support to capture the public's imagination. 
That, of course, entails getting loads of media coverage, so we have to offer up scary scenarios, make simplified, dramatic statements, and make little mention of the doubts we might have. Each of us has to decide what the right balance is between being effective and being honest. So, in other words, even as a scientist, I'm going to throw science out the window and I'm going to create scary scenarios, simply, simple, scary, dramatic scenarios so that the little uninformed people will not question my scientific brain even though I am making little mention of the doubts that I may have And each of us has to decide what the right balance is between being effective and being honest. How about be honest to begin with, and you can be effective at being honest. You know, it might not accomplish the goals that you want. It might not, you know, know, accomplish, you you know, reaching your, you know, getting your agenda through, but it'll be honest. God forbid. Uh, Next one, uh, uh, former U.S. Senator Timothy Wirth, this was, uh, he he made this statement at the 1992 Rio Climate Summit. We have to, uh, we have got to ride the global warming issue. Even if the theory of global warming is wrong, we will be doing the right things in terms of economic policy and environmental policy. Even if it's wrong, we'll be doing the right thing. How the hell can you do the right thing based on you're starting off by lying your ass off? Uh, Christine Stewart, 1998, then then Canadian Prime Minister of Environment. No matter if the science of global warming is all phony, climate change provides the greatest opportunity to bring about justice and equality in the world. What the hell does uh, the, the temperature at the North Pole have to do with whether somebody's, you know, unfairly arrested or somebody gets promoted over somebody else that doesn't deserve. What the hell does that, you know, climate change provides the greatest opportunity to bring about justice and equality in the world? Maurice Strong, 1992 uh, Earth Climate Summit organizer. He's the organizer of the, one of the organizers of the Rio Summit. We may get to the point where the only way of saving the world will be for industrialized civilization to collapse. Well, they're working on it. They're getting, they're they're, they're trying their best. Because you think about this was uh, 30 years ago. You know, the people that, the the AOCs of the world were not even born or were just born. You You know, we're, you know, so you've got people that are, not only old enough to vote, old enough to, but old enough to be voted for, be voted into office, that weren't even around when these people were deciding, you know, the oh, well, we might just have to collapse industrial society, uh, industrialized society, civilization, and this is what they grew up hearing all their life. Mikhail Gorbachev, 1996. The threat of environmental crisis will be the inter- international disaster key to unlock the new world order. The threat of environmental crisis will be the international disaster key to unlock the new world order. So in other words, we're going to use climate change. We're going to use 
the at the time it was called global warming. Uh, you know, we're going to use all this as the key to unlock our new world order. And what do you hear now today out of all these people? You know, the your carbon footprint, greenhouse gases, carbon tracking, uh, carbon credits. Uh, you know, uh, uh, green energy. Blah 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 blah. Otmar Edenhofer, who some have referred to as the father of environmental economics. First of all, developed countries have basically expropriated the atmosphere of the world community. But one must say clearly that we redistribute de facto the world's wealth by climate policy. Let me read that again. We redistribute de facto the world's wealth by climate, by climate policy. So the policy that is created around this phony narrative of climate change is what they are using to redistribute the world's wealth. Great. Obviously, the owners of coal and oil will not be enthusiastic about this. One has to free oneself from the illusion that international climate policy is environmental policy. This has almost nothing to do with environmental policy anymore. Let me reread that. One has to free oneself from the illusion that international climate policy is environmental policy. This has almost nothing to do with environmental policy anymore. Richard Benedict, then Deputy Assistant uh, Deputy Assistant of State to at the State Department for Environmental whatever the hell. A global warming treaty, Kyoto, must be implemented even if there is no scientific evidence to back the enhanced greenhouse effect. He said that at the 1992 Rio Climate Summit. A global warming treaty must be implemented even if there is no scientific evidence to back the greenhouse effect. So we're going to push through with treaties on our agenda, on this, on that, even if there's no evidence to back up what we're saying. And people still want to buy into this. People still want to go, oh, well, you're, you're a climate denier. That's the same thing as somebody saying, uh, hey, uh, I don't want to, you know, go over, you know, go do, you know, do this thing. I don't, I don't want to go to this restaurant. You know, maybe I'm not in the mood for that food today. I don't know. You know, you know I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want pizza tonight. I would rather have a cheeseburger. Oh, well, you're being xenophobic. You're being racist. You're, you don't like Italian people because you don't want to eat pizza. You know, it's the same thing. Every time somebody says something that goes against what these people want, think, feel, then they automatically label you racist, xenophobic, transphobic, homophobic. You know, how about how about call me dumbassophobic because I don't want to be around any of those morons. How about that one? That title, I'll proudly, I'll get, a, maybe I'll get a get a gold chain that says dumbassophobic. Stay the hell away from me. But the end game of all this is that you will be controlled, you will be dominated, you will be, you will be under the thumb of those in power.
you know, same as what goes on in Venezuela, Cuba, uh, the well, the former Soviet Union, which is the, more or less the Soviet Union again, China, you know, where the they, they come at you with this, you know, oh, we're going to make things so much better and your life is going to be so much better and blah, 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 and, you know, everything's going to be great and whatever. Just let us control your life and tell you what to do and where to live and how to eat and what to eat and just let us tell you every damn thing. Just get down there. Just don't, don't say a word. Don't do ah. Uh-uh. You have no right to speak. You have no right to think. You do as we say. You gave us the power. Now we will exercise it. That's what they want. Look at what happens in Venezuela. Look what's happened in Cuba. Look what is going on, what happens in China. You know, that is on, you know, that in comparison to what these people want is on a micro level. They want it on a macro level. They want the whole world to be one big Venezuela, one big China, one big Cuba. And in the end, maybe you won't own anything. Think about that. In 50 years, maybe we won't own anything. I'm sure I've got plenty more to say. I'm sure as soon as I hit stop recording on this thing that I'm going to go, oh, God, I wish I'd have said this. But I'm going to wrap it up here. I think I've said enough. I think I've bounced around enough. There's people probably people probably having seizures from listening to me just, you know, almost, you know, I'm, I'm, my, my thought process is bouncing around like a strobe light. Uh, so, yeah, I know this was, uh, you know, and this right here is not going to sit well with, with producer Gabe. Producer Gabe has been after me about, you know, oh, try, try to keep them shorter, try to keep them, you know, you know, 8, 10, maybe 12 minutes, this, that, and the other. And I told producer Gabe, I said, this one's going to go long. This one's going to be long format. So, you know, I don't know. Producer Gabe may. If, if the next time you see me, I got a black eye, that means producer Gabe was really not happy with me. But, hey, we all do what we got to do. I'm going to. I'm going to jet. I'm going to cut out here and now. So until next time, I will see you later. Bye. Hey, everybody, if you like what you see, be sure and drop me a comment down below and let me know if you like it. If you don't like it, then let me know what I can do to make the channel better. Other than that, like, subscribe, comment, do whatever it is you're supposed to do, whatever you want to do. Be sure and share the video, get the word out, help me grow my channel. And until next time, I will see you later. Bye.